Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello, created for entrepreneurs and online business owners who know that business gets to be different from what we've been told. Join me and my entrepreneurial guests for insights into how they've created wild success while dropping the hustle and honoring their well-being. Because I believe that success is more than a financial destination. It's how we get to feel every day. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This week I'm talking about embodiment and how I learn to slow down. If you are anything like me, perhaps slowing down doesn't come naturally to you. That was certainly my experience. Slowing down is something that other people did. Could I just perhaps spend some money on some supplements instead? Could I sign up to those yoga classes and attend the ones I can make when I'm not going to the pub? (laughs) Could I just buy all the self-development books and have them looking really pretty on my night table and perhaps read through one over the course of an entire year? That was the story that I used to live. And it was one that I guess served me at the time. It was certainly one I saw a lot of other people doing too. I mean, there was me, the serious businesswoman, and then there were the women who, you know, get to live balanced, gorgeous, incredible lives, but something that surely was out of reach for me. Or those who were just, you know, prioritizing their well-being, but perhaps not doing as well as they could have done in, in their career. I really struggle to see anything else, right? Because we all enter this life. Well, we don't enter this life with a lens, but we certainly develop one during the time that we are alive, right? And the story that I felt was keeping me safe at the time was the story that to achieve more, you have to work more. And it's certainly one that is drummed in a lot throughout the time I was at school. Well done. You worked hard. You did your best. You gave it your greatest effort, you know, And then likewise, when I worked in all my corporate jobs, there was very much an emphasis on being at your desk on time, leaving late, of course, brownie points for anyone who stays after everyone else has left. Now, obviously, now I keep on using the word obviously, and I'm trying to be more conscious not to use that because nothing in this life is obvious. But as you may have heard, four day weeks is a thing that certain progressive businesses certainly are either implementing or talking about. But it is very difficult to remove that thought from your head. It's very difficult to not feel guilty. And this is definitely a huge level of disconnection that I experienced very early on. I went through, and here's a little about me, and I'm conscious that in the first episode, I didn't share much about myself. So if you are new to this podcast and new to me, I shall give you a little context about myself. I am Polly Lavarello, as you may have picked up from the intro. I live in Brighton, in the south of England, by the sea, um, and enjoy the odd cold, well, very frequent cold water dip in the sea. (laughs) I have two children, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. I divorced back in 20, well, I separated back in 2018 from my then husband. And I have a wonderful partner who is a forest schooler who um, actually works less than I do to support myself and my family, um, which is amazing. So I'm very, very grateful. My circumstances essentially have changed 
significantly over the last few years. Back in 2018, I moved to the UK after living in Gibraltar for eight years. And I was in a very small flat. Um, my earnings were low because I was busy supporting my then one and a half and three and a half year old in limited nursery hours. So I was boosted by universal credit because I had few enough things that I qualified for it. Within, I mean, within a couple of years, I was in a position to become the sole earner. I'd fallen in love with my partner and we'd moved into a house together. A rental, but regardless, a house. And we have the cat, the garden, and we're living where I'd wish to live in Brighton. So a lot has changed and there have been challenges, many challenges. Prior to all of this, there was a period where I was working for corporate companies. And when I moved over to the UK, I moved into working for myself. Now, working for yourself is a funny term, right? Because you can be your best boss and you can also be your worst boss. And certainly in the situation that I was in, knowing that the little flat we were living in was not going to be big enough for very long and that my children would certainly need a larger space pretty soon, I felt a huge amount of pressure on my shoulders to quickly improve what was happening for them and for us. I mean, it was a perfectly decent flat, do not get me wrong. It's on the same road we're living on now. Um, that's how much I love the area we're in. But ultimately, it wasn't how I wanted my life to look, and it wasn't what I wanted my children to have. And so what do you do in that situation? Oh, it's almost like the American dream, right? Work really hard, put in all the hours, start, you know, show up to every possibility and opportunity that is available to you. Um, you know, make sure every single result you achieve for any client is amazing because that is going to be the, you know, best way to kind of attract and bring in new opportunities. I certainly was victim of believing that the time you put in is equal to the result you get back. So in those early days of working for myself, I would work while my children were at nursery and I would then work once they were in bed up until about midnight most nights. <laughs> and then on the weekend, I would get drunk and it was like that and repeat. And as you can imagine, it started to wear me down and no doubt it contributed later on to quite how bad COVID got me, as I mentioned in episode Embodiment and Me. Before the C word was even lurking on the horizon, I encountered a wonderful woman who I will certainly be inviting onto this podcast, Imogen Roy. And in her account, she was referencing all the different ways that burnout can show up. Now, in my mind, I'd always assumed a word like burnout implied that you'd be in bed, you'd be ill, you'd be hospitalized. I didn't recognize all the little niggling signs of what burnout actually looks like. I was making myself poorly really regularly. I was wanting to throw the towel in really regularly. I was finding myself saying yes to things I wouldn't normally say yes to in terms of business and, you know, price cuts or overworking extra hours, totally ignoring boundaries. In fact, boundaries weren't even a word in my vocabulary at that stage. I was done in, as you can imagine, as a single parent, freelancing, contracting, I was totally torn to pieces. 
And yet there was still this belief, this belief that more, just keep on working more hours. At some point there will be a breakthrough. At some point there will be a breakthrough and it will get to be easier. And yet that breakthrough just never seemed to materialize. Things got better, but then with every, every time it got better, it somehow included more hours and everything was just spiraling out of control. So I appreciate what it's like because what I know to be true is previously when it came to time, I felt enormous resistance to creating space in my working day. I felt enormous resistance to simplifying or minimizing the tasks I was doing on a daily basis because somewhere at the back of my mind, there was a story that was, when you do less, you're being lazy. When you do less, you will achieve less. When you do less, you'll be missing out on opportunity. Now, the reality is, of course, the other way. Well, certainly that's been my experience of it. And certainly that's been the experience of many others who I've been spoken to and been influenced by since. Yet, yet it is still the most common conversation I regularly find myself having with other parents is that mum guilt and perhaps a guilt that just women as a whole or anyone who identifies as women as a whole can feel around ever taking time out for themselves. The point of this episode is about time and the value we attach to time. Because the one thing that many of us don't realize how much freedom we have around, how much creativity we can express is with our time. And ultimately what many of us learn when it comes to hitting various financial milestones and I had my greatest one yet last August when I had a 25K month, was that actually when I looked at the numbers, the numbers suddenly didn't mean that much. Now, I know this sounds like I'm coming from an enormous place, place of privilege to be able to say a 25K month didn't mean that much. And of course it did in regards to looking at how far my business had come. Of course it did in, in regards to celebrating my incredible team who helped me get there. And ultimately what I recognized was listening and watching various people in the online business space, attaching significance and value to your earnings didn't actually mean that much. And certainly there had been months previously where I had earned the benchmark amount I'd ever earned so far. And I didn't want to earn that money again. And I didn't want to earn that money again because I didn't want to be putting in that same level of energy again, because it just simply felt impossible. Now, the nice thing about my August 25K month was that actually it felt great because I'd actually taken my first holiday ever at the end of July and I'd come back in August with a real sense of intention and purpose. And I was not afraid to delegate to my team. And that was incredibly beautiful. And so that was, that was where the celebration was. The celebration wasn't around the numbers because let's be honest, numbers dip and go up and down. They fluctuate and, you know, success is never linear in terms of numbers. And I always feel like when it comes to numbers, nothing is ever guaranteed. And that essentially, that is also all that they are. They're numbers, numbers that come in and out. And what is real is what I'm living day to day. 
It's sitting in this chair. It's having this time to talk to you. It's having the time to be present with my children. Of course, money buys us many of these opportunities. But if we don't use that as a way to create time and space in our lives, really, it doesn't carry much value. I don't know if you feel the same, but that certainly has been my experience. So yes, this has been a short podcast with a little snort for myself, um, talking about slowing down and my enormous rejection and refusal of it. And this feels like it could turn into various podcasts around the how, because ultimately none of these things happened overnight. Most of these were a very gradual process over two years where I gradually started to allow myself to experiment and play with, well, what does my day look like if I choose to do everything in six hours instead of eight? What day does my day look like if I choose to take on no more than four to five tasks in a day and focus solely on those? What does my day look like when I say I'm not working half a day on Friday? And gradually pushing the boundaries until suddenly a few months in, I'm looking back over the last few months, recognizing that it looks entirely different to how it looked six months previous. And you know, that is the easiest and safest way to go about it, making small changes gradually until eventually you don't recognize the life you're living. And it is amazing. It is amazing how many stories we tell ourselves. And one thing to perhaps finish this podcast episode with is a little story as to, and it is the most succinct and tiny stories, tiniest of stories. But one story I told myself at the beginning of last year is that every, every client of mine would kick off when I said I was taking a week off to go away with my family to Wales, that they would all feel like they were lacking something if they weren't able to contact me in that week, in that one week. And I did a similar thing taking a week off in June. I was enormously concerned that it would impact the happiness and well-being and satisfaction of my clients. Nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. Now, that's partly credit to my team and how amazing they are, but also a reminder to myself of the stories we tell ourselves as to what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, and how much we actually get to, you know, obviously creating that space and time for me was amazing. And, you know, this year I'm pushing the boat out even further because why not? I'm a huge advocate for believing in we should not be waiting for holidays. We should not be waiting for weekends. We get to live moment to moment, day to day. And my biggest philosophy is that every day gets to feel like a good day. So this has certainly been more of a <laughs> amble around the house's style of podcast, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to going deeper on some of these subjects with the incredible guests I've got lined up. And that is a wrap. Have a wonderful week and I will be with you in your ears again very shortly. Thank you very much for taking the time to hang out with me today. You have been listening to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you enjoyed today's episode and are keen to hear more, come on over and join us behind the scenes at Embodied Business Revolution on Instagram. We can't wait to say hi.